I can get through this this morning or not. And I'll tell you why. All this week, as I have read through these verses of Scripture from Colossians chapter 1, my heart has been overwhelmed when I consider where I once was and all that I have to be thankful for. And I know this week we're all looking forward to Thursday for us to feel sick, bloated, sleepy, don't want to do anything. But I want you to think about something else with me this week. As a born-again believer, I want you just to consider where you are and where you once were. I mean, I don't know if you paid attention to the words of that song or not. We're now called sons and daughters of the King. We're sons and daughters of the Father. We have been taken out of the darkness and moved into the glorious light. Once blinded by the darkness of sin itself, now able to see Colossians chapter 1 as we continue our study beginning in verse 19 verse 19 just it continues as Paul continues to write to the church at Colossae Colossians chapter 1 and verse 19 continues as a justification of all that is said of Christ in the preceding verse in verse 18 he is the head of the body of the church he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead so that he himself will come to have first place in everything so verse 19 continues as a justification of all that is said in Christ in the preceding verse of verse 18 all this is about him because. All of this is about him because. The reason that you and I are here gathering in this place today is about him. It's all because of him. What we will do this week is we gather together around many homes across and around the United States. Many will gather together on Thursday, families, to give thanks. As believers, it shouldn't just be one time of the year that we kind of talk about everything that we ought to give thanks for. And it's great to give thanks for all of those things that 
that we get to enjoy even Solomon writing in the book of Ecclesiastes that it is a good thing for man to enjoy all of the good things that we have to enjoy and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but one of the things that we ought to be thankful for more than anything else I believe today is that the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ can be a part of our lives and who we are because of the love of the Father. Verse 19 reads, For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him. It was the Father's good pleasure for all of the fullness to dwell in Him, to dwell in Christ. As one theologian wrote, This fullness was not something added to His being that was not natural to Him but that it was part of his essential being as part of his very constitution and that permanently. It is who he is. It is who Jesus Christ is. The fact that it pleased the Father to have his fullness in Christ is proof that Jesus Christ is God. If you want a proof text for that, look at verse 19. It pleased the Father for all of the fullness to dwell in Him. It's kind of like one of those that just you hit it out of the park with. As Paul wrote for us to understand exactly who Jesus Christ really is. And because He is God, He can do what no man could ever do. And I guess that's the part that has been so overwhelming to me this week. He was able to do the part that no man could ever do. And what was that part? To reconcile a lost person to a holy God. To reconcile a lost person to a holy God. Lost in our trespasses and sin. When we understand when Adam sinned in the garden that that relationship between God and man was broken. And we were talking about this this morning when God created man and placed him in the Garden of Eden. He was placed in a perfect place. He was created as a perfect person. But then as a result of sin, that relationship was broken. That relationship was severed. And the only way that that relationship could ever be put back and restored, the only way that reconciliation could ever take place, was there had to be a sinless sacrifice. There had to be a sacrifice that was made. Thank you for the blood. Because, my dear friend, that was the only avenue, that was the only means, that was the only way that you and I could ever have a relationship with a holy God. And so for us to talk about having something to be thankful for this week, nothing will ever compare with that that we have in the relationship that we have with the Father. That blood, take your Bibles and turn with me back to Romans chapter 8. I want you to see as Paul wrote this, Romans chapter 8. And I want you to notice verse 6 and verse 7 both. 
Paul writing Romans chapter 8 verse 6 and verse 7 Notice as Paul writes, he says, For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Verse 7, Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And then look at verse 8. And those who are in the flesh, and notice what it says. I don't care how much you try, how hard you try, as long as you're in the flesh, you will never please God. That is the significance of where we are as a lost person. As one that stands in need of Jesus Christ, that's who we are. The relationship between a lost person and God is a hostile relationship. You're an enemy of God. That's what the scripture says. No matter how much you may try to please him, no matter how much you may try to walk and live a righteous life or a moral life, it makes no difference. There is not enough you can do to ever merit. Ever merit. An eternal home with him. It's impossible. Absolutely impossible. Let's go back to Colossians chapter 1. For you see, by nature, by nature man is separated from God. And by his deeds, he's alienated from God. Look at chapter 1 of Colossians and notice verse 21 with me. And although you, and he's speaking as he's writing to those who are in the church at Colossae, this is who you once were. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, as he writes to them, to get them to understand and realize who they were at one time. And as believers in in Christ, understanding and realizing what we have in being reconciled to the Father. Are you ready for this? <laughs> and I guess this is probably what is so overwhelming to me of all of it is it's simply because He loved me. Absolutely nothing within sight of myself, what I had to offer, who I was, but His great love for me. And his grace. You see, it's the free gift of grace. Nothing we can purchase, nothing we can earn, nothing we can work for, none of those things. And the relationship that we have with the Father. And I guess probably for me that's so overwhelming. You see, I did not become a believer until later in life. You don't know how many times Satan makes himself and parks himself right beside of me. He said, oh, you remember back to those days? Remember how, how much fun you had during those days? And the only thing I can think about during those days was just, a, just that overwhelming, burning desire to try to fill an emptiness that was inside of me that could, could not be filled with the things of the world. 
and how at the end of the day become so frustrated and at the end at the end of the day the only thing that i had in my mind was to climb the corporate ladder and get to the top as quickly as i could so that i could retire at an early age oh yeah i had the plan to be retired at the age of 55 you know it's amazing how god has other plans And by the way, I'm only 54 right now. So. Forgive you, Lord. That's the only desire that I had. Satan, who comes up beside me now, said, Just think. Look at what you could have had. Look at where you could be. And I'm looking... And I'm thinking, there's no way, because I know where I am now, and I know where I'm going, and retirement means absolutely nothing at all. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Paul said, this is, this, is what, this is what you need to get your hands around here. This is what you need to understand. And basically what he's doing is he's taking the church at Colossae back and he's having them look at where they once were. And my dear friend, it doesn't hurt us to take a look back sometimes and see where we used to be and see where we are now. And my question is, are we more mature spiritually? Are we closer to the Lord today than we were in the past? We should be. See, when you consider this man is dead in trespasses and sins and therefore is unable to do anything to save himself or to please God. Absolutely impossible. Well, how do you know that? Well, take your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And let's notice what Paul said writing to the church at Ephesus to remind them also of who they once were. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and verse 2. And notice, as Paul writes, he says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sin. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience and then he just goes on dead in trespasses and sin that's who we were and we saw this back in Romans chapter 8 a little while ago in verse number 8 that there is absolutely nothing we could do to please him in that condition so Brother Robert, what happens from here? So how do we... How do we repair? How do we mend that broken relationship that's there? Well, take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. In order for this broken relationship between man and God to be corrected... You ready for this? The initiative. The initiative and the action 
had to come from God. The initiative and the action had to come from God. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I tell you what, let's do this. Let's go back to verse 18, okay? Now all things, now all of these things are from God. And notice what it says, who reconciled us to himself. Do you see anything in there about us? The initiative and the action came from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Every one of you in here that is a born-again believer today, you're involved in the ministry of reconciliation. Doing what? Taking the gospel in its entirety and sharing it with those around us. Reconciling. Look at verse 19. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them for he has committed to us the word of reconciliation therefore we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us we beg you on behalf of Christ he says be reconciled to God that's right amen at least I getting it from one on the front to be reconciled to God. And my dear friend, that is the only, that is the only means, that is the only way that it can happen. Are you ready for this? It was not the new birth. It was not the birth of Christ. It was, it was not his birth that accomplished this reconciliation, nor was it his example as he lived among men. It was through his death on the cross that peace was made between God and man let's go back to Colossians chapter 1 he having made peace through the blood of his cross Colossians chapter 1 and look at verse 20 verse 20 through him to reconcile all things to himself so not only was it the father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself notice the next part of verse number 20 having made peace through the blood of his what of the cross through him I say whether things on earth or things in heaven that peace has been made through the blood of his cross. That's how the peace has been made. That is the introduction to the two points that I want to cover with you this morning concerning what Paul wrote here in Colossians chapter number 1. If you don't do anything else this week, and in the next few moments, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think back to the day that you gave your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question. How many in here, how many in here, you remember that day? Any of you in here remember that day? 
when you asked Jesus Christ into your heart to save you? Let me ask you a question. Did it forever change you? Huh? Did it forever change you? Let me ask you another question. Let me, let me, let me phrase it this way. What about today? I've been at this for a little over 30 years. Matter of fact, I was, I was out there yesterday by the burn pile I was burning. I was trying to calculate it back through my head, and I said, 25, 26 years, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32 years. 32 years. 32 years. How many of you in here today are 32 years of age and older? How many of you are under 32 years of age? I just want to ask you a simple question this morning. Is the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ, is it stronger today in your life than it was the day you first got saved? Is your relationship with him today mean more to you than when you first got saved? The more you learn about him and the more you know him, the, do the, does, does, it, does it just burn with inside of you to know more about him? Because I don't know about you, but I sure want to know is all I can know about the one I'm going to spend all of eternity with. You see, I want to know as much as I can about the one who loved me so that he sent his own son to take my place. I just want to know all that I can know about the very one who gave himself for me. Paul says, being reconciled through the blood of his cross, we have been brought together and given something that passes all understanding. We have been taken out of the darkness and moved into the glorious light. We were once blinded by all that the world and culture has to offer. And now we've been able and been made to see. To see who we are and why we are. So here's two important truths I want to share with you real quickly this morning. For you to take from this portion of Paul's letter. Number one, first of all, Jesus Christ has taken care of all things. Do you realize that? He's taken care of all things. There is nothing else to be taken care of. All things were created by him and for him. That's who he is. He existed before all things, and today he hauls all things together. That's who he is. And he has reconciled all things through the blood of his cross. He is the reconciler. He reconciled us to himself because of his great love for us. Let me ask you a question. What, is that, what does that do to you when you consider that? When you consider him and the privilege that we have today to be able to praise him, the privilege today we, we have to be able to sing to him, the privilege that we have today to be able to 
to, to share the glorious love of the Father with those around us. What does it do to us when we consider the magnitude of who He is? The magnitude of knowing that one day we're going to leave this earth as we know it and we're going to spend all of eternity with the one who loved us so. And secondly, today, the second thing that we ought to draw from this is this. All that we need is Jesus Christ. All that we need is Jesus Christ. You ready for this? The Father, it pleased Him to put all the fullness in Him. And when we have Jesus Christ, we have all the fullness of the Father. You see that? You see the magnitude of what Paul writes here? That's what we have in Jesus Christ. All of the fullness of the Father. I don't know about you, but that's just something I just can't get over. And so I was sitting up here this morning. I'm like, uh, Holy Spirit, I don't know how this is going to work, but if she doesn't hurry up and quit singing this song, I'm not going to preach. <laughs> and it wasn't her. It wasn't her voice. It was the words. Because it just confirmed what Paul is writing in Colossians chapter 1. You ready for this? Let me summarize it for you. From verse 13 through verse 21. Let me summarize it for you. Jesus Christ is the Savior. He is the Creator. He's the head of the church. He's the beloved of the Father. He's the eternal God. And in our lives, he deserves to have the preeminence. That's who he is. I don't know about you, but I just can't get over it. I just can't get over it. So let me ask you a question today. Does Jesus Christ have preeminence in your life? Does he have preeminence in your life? Of all that you are, of all that you do, of all that's about you. Because my dear friend, listen to me. You wouldn't know what life is about without him. So therefore, don't you think we owe it all to him? I know people pick at me all the time because, in matter of fact, here's what I tell them. I said, you know, I said, one of these days when we get to heaven, I'm going to get to be a minister of music. Can't do it now. Okay. Somebody told me I need to stick to my day job. Just keep preaching. But there's a song, I guess, that's probably... I mean, this morning, and it it didn't help either because it just all kind of built up to the point this morning and after Miss Cindy sang, to God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world 
it just goes on and on and on. And then after that one, and after we finish that one, matter of fact, I'm, I'm from the older generation, okay? So I remember this. Because I used to, I used to I, listen, my mom and dad used to put Billy Graham on whenever there was a crusade, it was on TV. Okay? That's, that's the household I grew up in. Okay? Didn't connect with any of it, but that was the household I grew up in. Okay? In every crusade, just about every one of them, without fail, George Beverly Shea would sing, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world could ever afford. So today, there's a song that's always in the back of my heart. As a matter of fact, I was singing it yesterday. Oh, it gets sweeter as the days go by. It gets sweeter as the moments fly. His love is richer, deeper, fuller, sweeter, 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 sweeter as the days go by. Is he to you? I trust that he is. Maybe you're here today and don't know him. Maybe you're here today and don't know him personally. I can tell you this. It'll be the greatest thing you ever do in your life. It's when you allow Jesus Christ to be a part of your life and who you are. Let's bow our heads together as we pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for that day when the Holy Spirit allowed me to see. When I heard the Word of God. As God spoke to my heart that day that I knew that I needed Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for that day. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Father, thank you for your grace. But Father, more than anything else, just thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the privilege to be able to call you Father. So Father, I pray this morning as we enter into this week, a lot of traveling is going to take place. A lot of homes are going to gather together. A lot of families are going to gather together. Father, I pray this morning that you would have the preeminence in it all. That, Father, as we gather together to be thankful that at the top of that list would be Jesus Christ. Because everything else we enjoy It's because of him. So, Father, I pray this morning that our hearts, Father, I pray that the flame within inside of our hearts would be rekindled, 
Father, we'd understand and realize just how important it is to be busy about the Father's business. And that's reconciling men, women, boys, and girls to Jesus Christ. Father, help us, I pray today. But Father, more than anything else, I pray for that one that may be here today or that's listening and watching online. Does, does not know what it is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. They don't understand that they're alienated, that they're hostile to God. They're a sinner that stands in need of a Savior before a holy God, but the Father provided the way and the means through Jesus Christ, His Son, through the blood of His cross, that would enable us to move from being hostile and an enemy of yours to a son and a daughter. And so, Father, I pray this morning that their hearts and their minds would be illuminated to the truth that they need you in their lives and that today would be the day of salvation in their lives. But Father, for those of us who are here or that are believers, Father, may our hearts be rekindled. May the fire burn strong as we consider what we have in our relationship with you. Thank you for the letter to the church at Colossae. We thank you for what we have to be able to read and to understand just how important it is that we with thankful hearts be thankful for all that you've done for us. And so, Father, this invitation time this morning we place into your hands. Pray your perfect will be done in every heart and life that's here today. And we ask it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand together with me. Brother Ed's going to come lead us this morning. A song of invitation. And this is time between you and God. Between you and him. And I trust this morning you'll just spend some time to reflect on where you once were and where you are today. Are you closer to him today than you were before? If not, why don't you move a little closer to him today? Maybe you stand here today and need Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You can do that today here as well. I'd love to meet you down front, share the word of God with you, and point you to the one who loved me so. His brother Red leads us this morning. Come every soul I sin. There's mercy with the Lord, and He will surely give you rest by trusting in His Word. Only trust Him, only trust Him, only trust Him now. Blessings to bestow. 
of our service where we ask you to give back to God what he has already given to you, right? He gave us everything, and Brother Robert clearly explained that this morning. And so we have several ways to give. We have five ways to give. You can text it. Um, you can use the Easy Tithe app. You can go online. You can give it in person or put it in the mail. But we ask that however you give, do it with a cheerful heart. Because the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. Let's pray over our tithes and offerings. Father, we thank you. For everything that you have given us. And God, we know that we can never give back to you the great amount that you've given us. So God, we just pray that our tithes and our offerings, God, would just be pleasing to you. God, that we would give out of the abundance that you've already given us. God, that we would be cheerful givers. God, that we would give in such a way that honors you. God, that through our giving, your word would go out, your kingdom would grow, and your name would be made famous amongst the nations. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. stand and have a word of prayer and get out of here before I can't get through the end of this, okay? The song Miss Jenny played.
during the offertory. He alone. He alone. Amen. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. We'll be back tonight uh, at 6 o'clock in here, uh, continuing to study through the days of the early church. Matter of fact, we're going to take a look at some of the creeds that they had during the days of the early church. You don't want to miss that. Don't want to miss that tonight. Amen? Let's be dismissed in a word of prayer. Father, we love you. Thank you for the privilege that we have to call you Father. Dismiss us now with your love. Father, bring us back again at the next appointed time. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Hold on, you can't go anywhere yet.